Have you ever gotten lost? Most of us have probably gotten lost. And it's becoming a rare occurrence in today's day and age where we have GPS technology and, and we get turn-by-turn directions everywhere we want to go. But from time to time, either in the past or to today or as we exist, we get lost from time to time. There was this one time I was in college um, my friends, a huge group of my friends had gone to a mission trip down in South Texas and me and one of my other friends, Ryan, were stuck left behind because we had to work. We couldn't get off of work. And so towards the end of the trip, when they were going to come back, they were going to stop and stay the night in San Antonio and go out to eat and have a great time. And Ryan and I thought, well, we'll meet them in San Antonio and go have fun with them. So Ryan and I got in my tiny little Chevrolet S10 and we started driving south from Amarillo, Texas down to San Antonio, Texas. Now, I, this was before GPS technology. We're talking mid to late 90s, showing my age a little bit there. Um, mid to late 90s, so we had, I don't know if you remember, you could go onto your computer back in that day and time, and you could print off the map that you wanted with turn-by-turn directions. It, it was brand new, it was this big thing, but there were a lot of glitches in the maps back then. And so... We took off. We had no trouble getting to San Antonio itself, but our end destination was to end up at this place in San Antonio called the Riverwalk. And it was this beautiful area with lots of restaurants and and a big mall. And so we were trying to get there. We got into San Antonio following the directions, and we ended up turning right when we were supposed to turn left. Now, if you've been to San Antonio, the Riverwalk, uh, not too far, a few blocks from the Riverwalk, they've got this big tower. And so we could see the tower off in the distance, and we could clearly see that we were going the other direction from the tower. And we thought, well, where are we going? And so we ended up putting the maps to the side because it was clearly not taking us to the right destination we ended up in this very industrial part of town like there were work trucks everywhere and warehouses and construction yards and we thought yeah we're definitely not anywhere near like touristy San Antonio and so long story short we ended up navigating for over an hour and a half to get back to the road that we were supposed to be on but because we're guys we didn't stop and ask for directions we just figured it out on our own Probably would have taken us 15 minutes if we would have stopped, but we didn't. But, well, long story, we we ended up finding our friends, and and we had a great night uh, that evening, but we could have spent an extra hour and a half with our friends had we had better directions. Had we had the directions that got us to our end destination, we could have had more fun. We could have had more good times with our friends. So most of us in here have gotten lost, uh, even if we follow the turn-by-turn directions. I just, uh, last year, I followed my GPS and it took me to the wrong location. Uh, But one of the things that we have to understand is following the roadmap sometimes means we do things even if we don't understand them. So there have been also times where I've gone on a destination and my GPS will say, turn right, and I think I need to turn left. 
and sometimes I follow GPS and sometimes I don't. I have found in the last few years that if I don't follow when it tells me to turn left and I go right instead, it usually means that I end up in the wrong place. It's my fault. I, I do that wrong. But what about our life? How do we know the directions and the turns that we're supposed to take in our own lives? Well, that's what we're going to be talking about today. So I want you to take your Bibles or your apps or whatever you read on, and I want you to turn to the book of 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy. It's about midway through your New Testament, which is the last one-third of the, the Bible. 2 Timothy, it's a smaller book, only a few chapters long. Uh, you'll find 1 and 2 Thessalonians are before it, and Titus and Hebrews are after it. So if you hit any of those books, that's kind of where your, your directions are supposed to take you. If you don't know where it's at, uh, you've got no clue, please just turn to the table of contents. That's why God gave it to us. Um, if you don't have a Bible, there are Bibles in the pews all around you. Feel free to grab one. If you don't have a Bible at home, please take that Bible that's in the pew and at the end of the service, take it home with you because we want everybody to have a Bible in their home that they can read and reference and study. So please let that be our gift to you this morning if you don't have a Bible at your house. Now we're on a series called The Unique Us. The unique us. And the unique us is all about who we are as a church. As First Southern Baptist Church of Scottsdale, who are we? What defines us? Last week, we spoke about our mission statement. And here's our mission statement. It says, leading every generation to the life-changing hope of Jesus. That's what we exist to accomplish. That's our mission. That's our goal. We are always striving and pushing and leading ministries to accomplish this statement. And we accomplish this statement through four values that we hold as a church. And today, we're going to talk about that first value. And that first value is believe. Believe. And we have a little tagline that goes with this value. And that tagline is this. God's truth, in other words, the Bible... God's truth is the foundation to knowing, loving, and understanding Him. Uh, and we're going to unpack this idea and this statement uh, this morning. So, how does this book right here, how does this help us to know, love, and understand God? How does that work? Well, I'm going to give you two points that I think helps unpack this idea. First... This book tells us what to believe and how to live. What to believe and how to live. You see, we have an instruction manual. It's this right here. We know we can understand God. We know that we can understand our beliefs because God gave us writings about what to believe and how to live. And so when it comes down to what we're supposed to understand about God and how we're supposed to live our lives, this is our instruction manual. So, 2 Timothy, we're in chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. We're going to read verses 14 through 17. So look down with me. Chapter 3, 14 through 17, it says this. Uh, Paul is talking to a young pastor named Timothy and he's giving him instructions here. And this is one thing he tells him. But as for you, 
Continue in what you have learned and what and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. You see, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. This is Paul speaking, and Paul makes it clear that the Holy Scriptures, this book right here, Old and New Testament, is good for us to understand everything that we need to know about God. And the ultimate purpose is what verse 17 says, so that we are thoroughly equipped for the good work that God has for us. You see, everything that you do in your life has a point and a purpose. People are watching us. People want to know if the faith that you claim to live by actually is life-changing, actually has hope. And they're going to watch you. They're going to pay attention to every little decision, every little word, every action that you take because they want to see, they want to have proof of the life-changing hope of Jesus. Well, that lifestyle that we live comes from these instructions, according to Paul. Now, Hebrews 4, verse 12, uh, is another passage that speaks to this. And Hebrews 4, 12 says this, For the Word of God is living and active. You see, this book is not just a printed bunch of pages. This book has a life to it. Because God works in and through the words on this page. He does activity through this book and what it says. And so that's why it's so important for us to found our beliefs and our faith and our lifestyle off of this book is because this book is so much more than a book. Again, it's not just printed pages. It's a living, active thing that God, through the Holy Spirit, uses to bring life-changing hope into our lives and the lives of others. So we live in and through this constantly. You see, it does no good for us to go and get a road map or pull up the directions on our phone and then go, you know what, I'm going the opposite direction. If we have an end destination, which is to lead every generation to the life-changing hope of Jesus, if our destination is that purpose and God gave us instructions on how to do it, then it does us no good to say, well, I know the road by, or the turn by turn says to do this, but I'm going to go a different way. No. God is the authority, and God has given us the way in which we're supposed to live. So if we want to lead every generation to that life-changing hope in Jesus, we need to find the directions that Jesus gave us. And so this book holds so much importance to who we are and how we live. You see, it does no good for us to say we live by that book and yet live in hatred and live in disagreement and fighting, to be a greedy person, to be a person who is selfish and only looks out for his own or her own interests, to live in a lifestyle that has no self-control. 
You see, the Bible gives us instructions, and if we don't follow them, we're going to not lead people to Jesus. We will lead people away from Jesus. And that's the point of what this book has for us, is to live a lifestyle that follows Him. So, the first reason that we have believe as a value is because it tells us what to believe and how to live. The second reason is it tells us who God is. You see, we don't live as Christians in a set of rules. That's not the core of Christianity. There's a reason why the Bible uses words like follow Jesus and why it says statements like abide in Jesus. Because being a follower of Christ is so much more than a standard of life. It's a relationship. And so if we don't know the one we're supposed to have a relationship with, then we're falling short of the purpose that we have. So I use this illustration all the time, but I'm going to use it again. Let's say that you get done with church today and you go to Bible study and then you go to lunch. And during lunch, you're chatting it up about Pastor Chad's message and how boring it was and how just it drug on and on and on. And you just complain because I know that's... No, I'm kidding. But let's say you're talking about the sermon and you use the words, Pastor Chad said. And someone in the booth behind you says... Pastor Chad at first, I love that guy. And you go, oh, really? You like Pastor Chad? You know him? Oh, yeah. Six foot seven, long flowing blonde hair. Uh, He has an amazing basketball jump shot. You know that nobody is talking about me when they use those descriptors. (laughs) FYI, if you ever put together a three-man basketball team, I'm the last person you want on that team. But if someone describes me that way, you know that they're talking about someone else. But let's twist that around for a second. Let's say you go, oh, you know Pastor Chad? And they say, yeah, not the tallest guy, pretty handsome, (laughs) bald head, loves to snowboard and loves to talk and has a baby smooth face. They got almost everything right. I'll let you decide which one they missed. But let's say they describe someone that's really close. If they describe me as having a baby smooth face, you know they're not talking about me, right? Guys, I haven't shaved my facial hair in 22 years. So you know... That if someone describes me that way, they've gotten really, really close, but they're still not talking about me. When we tell others about Jesus, we have to get Jesus 100% right by His standards, not ours. You see, our opinions about what this book says are irrelevant. This is God we're talking about. We are nothing compared to him we are specks and yet he loves us so immensely and so intensely that we could never question him there are things in this book that you will never understand there are things in this book that you may even go you know what i have a problem with that but that doesn't matter 
Because God is the authority, not us. And when we describe the Christ that is described in this Bible, we need to be 100% accurate on that. We cannot compromise on the character of God, even if we're uncomfortable with it. There are many out there who claim to love and follow Jesus, but they don't love and follow the Jesus of this book. They don't love and follow the Jesus that Jesus himself described and lived. And so we have to make sure that the person we claim to follow and love is actually the person that this book describes. That's why this book is so important to us, is this gives us the access to knowing who God is by His definition, by who He says He is, not who we say He is. So, we reason, the reason we want you to know the Bible is because it leads us to know Him. In the belief statement, it talks about knowing, loving, and understanding Him. How are we going to know, love, and understand Him if we don't even know who He is? And so this book is the beginning step. It's not the only step. We also understand and know God better through prayer and worship and so many aspects that we're going to talk about over the next seven weeks. But this is our starting point. This is where we begin. Is this book right here. So, there's one other aspect to God that I think we have to realize about this book before we move forward. So again, it's about knowing, loving, and understand Him. I want to talk about that loving aspect for a moment. If you go and read John 3.16 and 17, it says this, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him would not perish, but would have eternal life. God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. That love alone, that statement in that book should make our hearts well up with love. You see, we serve and have relationship with a God who sent His only Son to die on a cross as an innocent man living a sinless life, he died and shed his blood so that that blood could cover our sins. And he died, and on the third day he rose from the grave, and then he ascended into heaven, and he sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, and he opens that relationship, that salvation relationship. You can be saved from your sins. Because of what Jesus did. But here's the reality. We wouldn't know that if it wasn't for this right here. The understanding and the knowledge of that comes from this book. This book should drive us to love our Savior all the more. This book is so vital to our own spiritual health. So go back to that first value. Believe. God's truth is the foundation to knowing, loving, and understanding Him. That's why we believe this. That's why it's important. The Bible is literally our turn-by-turn directions that leads us to the life-changing hope of Jesus. 
It tells us what to believe and how to live. And it helps us to understand Him and know Him and in turn love Him. Now imagine, I want to create a scenario for you for just a moment. Can you imagine how your life would change if you and your family actually did what the Bible says? If you lived the instructions and the lifestyle that this book gives us in your home, what would your life look like? If you were truly forgiving with those in your household, if you were truly patient with those in your household, if you were truly kind with those in your household, what would your life look like? How would it change? Let's take that out one step. Can you imagine if every person, how life would change if you simply lived in the relationship with Him? If you understood His desires and directions for your life specifically, if through His Spirit and through His Word, He revealed to you throughout your life what He's calling you to do, how would your life change? And can you imagine if every person who claimed to be a follower of Christ actually did? If those of us sitting in this room, if all the people who are you know, members or regular attendees of First Southern Baptist Church of Scottsdale, if every single one of us actually lived the way this book tells us to live, can you imagine how this community would change? Don't get me wrong. I'm very proud of every single person. I'm proud to call you, to call myself your pastor because I know the lifestyles that most of you live. I've heard and I know the reputations you have, but we all fall short, don't we? I'm a pastor and I fall short constantly. If we could live the way this book tells us to live as a church, can you imagine the impact that we would have on this community? Can you imagine the reputation that this church would have and how people would desire to be a part of this church body because we actually live out day in and day out God's Word? It's a challenge that we should all strive to live in our businesses, in our personal lives, in every aspect, day in and day out. It is something that we should all strive to do. So is God's Word your standard, your foundation to knowing Him, to loving Him, and understanding Him? If we can make God's Word our standard, we can change this world for Him. Join me in prayer. Almighty God, we thank You so much that You gave us Your Word. God, we thank You that we have a foundation. We actually have something that instructs us and gives us direction and gives us the understanding and the knowledge that we need to have in order to be followers of Jesus. Thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that we would value your word even more. That every day, in every aspect, every avenue of our life, that your word would be the foundation to how we live and how we make decisions. It would be the turn-by-turn -turn direction to the life-changing hope of Jesus that we all need. 
Help us to live that way. Help us to be the men and women of God that your word and in turn you call us to be. We thank you, God, because you have blessed us so much. You are so good. We thank you so much, Lord. And we lift all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to move now into a time of response. Um, And I don't know what God is calling you to do today, uh, but I think it's all uh, prudent for us to sit and say, okay, what is your direction for my life, Lord? And so whatever your response needs to be, if you need to pray, our altar is available to you. We invite you to come and pray here if you need that this morning. Uh, If you need to just pray in your seat where you're at, you are welcome to do so. If you need to respond in worship, that's what we're going to do as well. If you have questions, maybe you want to know what a life-changing relationship with Jesus means and what it looks like, or maybe you want to make that commitment right now. Uh, Myself, I'm Pastor Chad, and Pastor Josh will be right here on this front pew. We would love the opportunity to talk more with you about Jesus. So let's stand and respond.